Three minutes after 12 is the time, and almost every single phone line that was occupied within a moment of me launching Mystery Hour is now empty again, because we're getting so much repetition. If you've been trying to get through and failing, try again now. The number you need is 03456060973. There are two rules, of course, repetition and dullness. We're constantly guarding against them, and, uh, well, we're being stricter. I think this week than we have in recent weeks because the repetition alarm has been going off rather frequently, which means that judicious use of radar will give you your best chance in a while of getting through to the programme and getting your question on the board. If you have no idea what I'm talking about and you're new to Mystery Hour, allow me to suggest that you're in for a bit of a treat. The way it works is this. You have a question in your mind. It might be weird, it might be wonderful, it might be serious, it might be silly, it might need a professor to answer, it might need a park keeper point is you need an answer maybe 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 you could look it up maybe you could use google or something like that maybe you could maybe you couldn't the point is you haven't you get on board you ask the question somebody else listening who is also forbidden from looking it up you have to answer from memory and knowledge will provide the answer sounds simple well it is simple but it's incredibly good fun every single week week in week out i can't remember the last time i felt in any way let down by mystery hour and i know most people who listen to it feel exactly the same so that's much all you need to know. It's a who, a why, a when, why do we do that, where does that come from, what's that for? Might be strange, might be something the kids have asked you. We're in the middle of half time, aren't we? So it might be something the kids have asked you that they haven't been able to answer. In fact, I think Mystery Hour, it's so long ago now, I can't fully remember. I think this started life as a way of prolonging the con that we know everything to our children. Uh, that's how it started life. Uh, the, the idea that, you know when your children think you know everything? Omniscience, parental omniscience. And of course, they realise pretty quickly that you don't this just allows you to perhaps pretend for a little bit longer that you do oh i do know the answer to that i'll, I'll tell you tomorrow then you ring us get the answer you're laughing oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need if it's a question that we've dealt with before you'll be politely invited to move along if it's a question that caroline uh, and victoria think is dull they will politely tell you so please don't argue their decision is final and if you hear somebody else asking a question to which you know the answer the number is the same you will get through if you're patient and, and committed and the prize on the board is a mystery hour round of applause uh, probably the most um, sought after award on the whole of not just british radio the, the world's radio dial shall i crack on and stop talking yeah i think so too lisa is in chigwell question or answer lisa it's a question carry on um, my son came home from school very excited during the week. He said, can I do something on you? And I said, well, what? OK. He's not training to be um, a tattoo artist, is he? Well, I was a bit worried because yeah. he got out a black Sharpie pen. Right. And he drew a little square on the, on the top of my hand. Yeah. And then he got his um, iPhone with the flash and he put it up against my hand where the square was. And he gave me an electric shock. Really? Yes. So when he took a picture? When he took... Uh, yes, it actually... I think he actually connected it to my hand, the iPhone. So it's touching it's your hand, he takes a picture, and you got an electric shock where the black square was? Yes. And he asked why, and I said, I'll give you the answer on Friday afternoon. <laughs> After school, <laughs> or yeah. indeed Thursday evening. That's right, and it was a proper electric shock? It was a real proper electric shock, and apparently it's been going around the schools in the area. It's the fun thing to do. Well, I never. 
I don't, I don't, my kids are too young. They haven't got phones yet. And in fact, I'm still clinging to the notion that they never will. But I appreciate I'll have to grow out of that sometime soon. No, at least when they're 18. Don't go before then. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> right, let's get you an answer. Why? So other people will recognise that, but we want the science. So, I mean, it was a Sharpie pen. I don't know how relevant that'll be, but it, it, that's like a felt tip type thing, isn't it? Yes, and it, and it definitely didn't work when you did it without the pen. So it's, and, and, so it's through the black square that the shock is felt or that the, yes. the electricity is conducted, although I'm already using a word I'm not really qualified to throw into the conversation. Right, I'll get you the scientific explanation. This could be one for Professor Howe, couldn't it, Lisa? It could, I think it might. Like to hear him. No, yeah. We always like to hear him. It's a mystery house not complete without a contribution from Professor Howe Sosobolsky, the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Eight minutes after 12 is the time. Emily is in Welling. Question or answer, Emily? It's a question. Carry on. Um, do your irises change colour as you get older? Yes. Just because, do they? Yes. Because I'm just thinking, I saw my granddad at the weekend, and I was looking at his eyes, and I don't think they've changed colour since I was a little kid. And I was just thinking, because your hair changes colour, your skin tone changes... So, yeah, I was wondering if Well, I mean, the most obvious answer to your question is, is that I think all babies have blue eyes, don't they? Um, no. No, my daughter's got very brown eyes. No, she has now, but the minute she was born. No, they were brown. Were they? <laughs> Have I just made that yeah. up? Why did I get that idea? Why are yeah. you nodding at me, Mark? <laughs> I thought I'd... I thought all babies had blue eyes. Well, anyway, the, the, the reason I can answer that some people's irises do change colour is because mine have. Okay. I've gone from, I've gone from, from, I, I mean, I, you might want to sit down before I describe fully the, the depth of blue that my eyes used to enjoy. Now they're a bit more flinty, they're a bit greyer. And, and I know one of my daughters has gone from blue to greeny. Okay, I, I think I want more of the scientific. Well, no, the answer. question is, do your irises change colour as you get older? And I say, mine did. How can that be more scientific? <laughs> but then that's just you. I might not, like, you might just be... A freak. I, I might be a freak. Um, I might no, be an eye freak. Individual. <laughs> so you want, you want someone with a bit of scientific insight? Yes, please. Oh, all right, then. Everyone's a critic these days. Nine minutes after 12. Do your irises change colour as you age? And um, why did we get... An electric shock through a felt-tip pen mark on your skin when you take a picture of it with an iPhone. Well, you heard the question. Isabel's in Bromley. Isabel, question or answer? Question. Um, why in the poem, it's raining, it's pouring, does the old man not wake up? It's been fairly cruel. Oh, by the way, hi, James. <laughs> Hello, Isabel. It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. Well, I know why he didn't wake up. Why didn't he wake up? Because he went to bed with a bump on his head. The lad's concussed. He's got concussion. He's out cold. He's unconscious. He's been knocked out by the bump on his head. That's a good answer. Round of applause Thanks. for me. How old are you, Isabel? Twelve. So, uh, how often do you get to enjoy mystery hour? Um, I don't know. A not, days, not often enough. Oh, more half terms. More holidays for 12-year-olds. Ten minutes after 12 is the time. <laughs> what a great question. Dave's in crew. Dave, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Carry on. Um, right, you know, on the gable end of some houses on like terrace streets sometimes they have the name of the street actually on the house yes some of them are a bit old now sort of edwardian and, and sometimes you see two don't you sometimes there are uh, yeah. there's one lower down too yeah yeah the more the modern one attached yeah the ones that are more actually attached to, to the house what's if that's your house um there's not one of my house by the way just i've just been wondering if they're attached to your <laughs> I house don't believe you. you're totally horrible. you're totally <laughs> thinking how much can i get for it down at portobello mall you're in crew down down at the market yeah sometimes they get a bit rusty and old and, and they do. Yeah, they look a bit tatty 
is it your job to take them off and replace them? Or I, I imagine it's not. But if you didn't want it there, can you take it off? Will you get done? I mean, what, what's the what's the situation with it? It's all, the, the signs are obviously owned by the local authority, obviously, but it's on your house, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not yours. Could you... No, but it's attached to your house, and what if you don't want it there? Can you take it down? Are you allowed? Because it's not your property, but it's on your property. It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Like, did, no, I, I quite like it. It's a bit like if my peacock laid an egg in your garden, who would it belong to? Oh, mine, definitely. No, yeah. peacock, peacocks <laughs> don't lay eggs. Uh, Sorry, I can't, it's one of my old favourites. That it's a classic. So I, I'm a little bit suspicious of why you want to know. I mean, I know that Mystery Hour is something of a festival for people who are nursing strange inquiries, but this sounds a little bit personal. Sounds to me like there might not be one on your house, but you've got your eye on something, Dave. No, our local council is going through the process of uh, replacing all the old traditional ones with ho- these horrible modern plastic things. And it's caused a bit of a, a local thing on, on Facebook, you know, people complaining about it. And I just thought, well... Oh, OK. So what's to stop yeah. you actually taking it down? Yeah. What was... Uh, Who does it belong? Well, I, I'm almost certain... It's very unusual for you not to own something that's attached to something you own, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And if you've got an advert there, an advertising hoarding, you know, you sometimes see that on houses. I've always presumed the owner of the house gets a few quid, but maybe they don't. Maybe the outside of yeah. the house somehow, the, the space... I, that's actually really interesting. It's a lot more interesting than it was when you first asked it, Dave. I apologise for not having a higher level of enthusiasm. I thought I was going to get knocked back, but yeah, there you go. No, I, li- I like Who owns it? Who owns the sign on the side of your house? If it says, you know, Acacia Avenue or, or, or Hercot Road or whatever it might be. 12 minutes after 12 is the time. 03456060973 is the number you need. Um, dear Iris has changed colour as you get older. I know, I know, but she wasn't satisfied with my answer. Apparently I wasn't qualified enough. And who owns the, the sign on the side of your house? And that slightly complicated question about um, iPhones and, and, and uh, felt-tip pens. If you know, I'm not going to repeat it. It's too complicated. If you heard it and you can answer it, you know what to do. Matt's in Reading. Matt, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Carry on, Matt. I was sat with uh, my family over the last couple of days on holiday and we were looking at moles on our body. Oh, yeah. um, oh what a time to be alive. <laughs> I tell you what, Lyme Regis has a lot to offer, <laughs> but uh, discussing moles seems to be the, uh, <laughs> the main topic of conversation. Oh, um, dear. Oh, and, oh. And, and I suppose the conversation got round to, I'm quite moly and my wife's got a few moles and we've got two kids. Will they become as mouldy as us? Is it a genetic thing? And where do they come from? Now, I know there's lots of questions, so well, yeah, I'll let you pick which yeah, one I, you want to... Yeah, where do they come from, and, uh, and is it genetic? You can you can go double-bubble on this, I think, can't you? Oh, beautiful, Because <laughs> you, you get more mouldy as you get older, don't you? That's right, and they're kind of... I've got them sort of appearing all over the place, and You're right. I'm wondering whether they're kind of birthmarks and that just... And were they there all along, but they just grow as you get older, or they emerge as you... So is there, like, a mole seed there when you're a baby that doesn't bloom until adulthood? There we go. This is a mole-related... Magnificent mole-related sort of market. I'm loving it. I don't... Well, I, I want... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, when I phoned up and I said, um, I want to know more about, um, where moles come from, I could tell your researcher just had that slight moment of... Thinking they come out of the ground. What kind of mould? Yeah, me too, actually. I was going to do that gag, but I somehow managed to guard against it, which is almost a first where I've resisted the urge to do a rubbish joke. Thank you, Matt. Where do moles come from? Do not say a hole in the ground, obviously. Are they genetic? And, uh, well, you heard the question. The signs on the side of your house. There's, there's a few near me, actually. You know, in a residential area, especially in terraces, the sign is often stuck on the side of the house because, uh, I guess, historically, it's easier. In Kidderminster, none of them are. In Kidderminster, if I recall, they're all on, on you know, 
metal posts like street level but if it's on the side of your house who does it belong to the arises get older in age and that old electric shop business with the sharpie pen and the iphone what's going on there then it's 12 15 this is lbc lbc it's 12 17 you're listening to james o'brien on lbc mystery hour is underway questions in search of answers include where the moles come from not the mammals uh, little rodents but the Skin marks, uh, gate signs on the side of your house, street signs on the side of your house. Who do they belong to? Do your irises change colour as they get older? And why do you get an electric shock from a Sharpie pen mark on your skin and an iPhone camera? Um, any other questions you've got, we'll get on the board as well. I just want to read you probably my favourite email in a long, long time. OK, ready? You're going to love this. Your mystery hour, dear James, your mystery hour has inspired the children in my class to set up their own mystery wall. They post a question on it and their classmates answer it. We even asked the school inspector to post a question and told him it was all because of your show. He was very impressed because it was encouraging critical thinking. Please can you give them a wee shout out as we are currently listening along to your show while we are busy at work. Love P345 at Skeen School in Aberdeenshire. P345 at Skeen School in Aberdeenshire. You guys are brilliant. Thank you for spreading the mystery hour message onto the wall of your classroom. That's lovely, that. 18 minutes after 12. Means we have to be on our best behaviour now. Now that we know that P345 at Skeen School in Aberdeenshire are listening live. No Rudies. Abbas is in Leicester. Abbas, question or answer? Um, I've got an, I've got three answers, actually. Well, what did you talk to the producer about, Abbas? Um, well, I talked to them about the um, the square, the black square. Okay, one. well, let's do that then. Fine. Okay, so um, basically, um, so uh, ink from pens uh, is very very dense in electrons, um, and so when the phone is placed um, upon it, the battery is in close contact with those electrons, and so when a picture is taken, there's a sudden discharge of the battery which causes a sudden movement of electrons from, from the electronegative or electron-rich area in the palm um, to the battery, uh, which, is what, which is what causes the electric I shock. Like, I like this a lot. So, and that's why someone has been in touch with me to say it didn't work, but they haven't done a patch of black. They've done a black square, but it's a hollow square, if you see what I mean, whereas someone else has sent me sure. a picture. A lot of people are sending me pictures of their hands featuring felt-tip markings at the moment. I love Twitter. It, you need to colour okay. in the square to get that richness of electrons. It's not enough just to do a square with four sides and skin in the middle. Sure. Qualifications, Abbas? Um, so, I'm, I'm a doctor, but I've done A-level physics and chemistry, so... What? That's fantastic. Why are you ringing me? You're a doctor. You haven't got patients to treat or something. I'm, I'm literally sitting outside someone's home just about to go and do a home visit. So, but I listen to you on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a Ray Liotta for that. I'm not just going to give you a round of applause. I think the fact that you're sitting outside a patient's home, they're all right, aren't they? It's just a routine visit. They're not sort of dying while it, you're... It is. Yeah, it's OK. Not, not, no, well, this is an if you build it, they will come moment. You can you can have it straight from the horse's mouth. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I look pathetic. I forgot the cameras are on. I'm seeing it like a six-year-old. David is in East Molesley. David, question or answer? It's a question, James. Yes. Why do older people, when they get old, start grunting when they sit down or get up? Pain. No, it's like an... Uh, uh, it's pain. Sort of expulsion of air. It's pain. No, I asked my... Because my dad started doing it. I said, why are you doing that for? And pain. Doing what? It's not pain. It is pain. It's not pain. It's pain. No. He is. No. Everything hurts. How old is he? Uh, 76. How old are you? 
that's irrelevant. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. I'm not asking you how. I just want to know how old you are, because then I'll be uh, able to tell you when you can expect to feel the pain. I don't know. You, uh, do you feel the pain? Yeah, all the time. Especially if I sit, my mate's got a beanbag. I've been going round to his flat since I was 16 years old. He's still got a beanbag. I, I sit on his beanbag for a couple of hours, David. I can't get up, let alone grunt when I try. I can't get up. I'm, I'm frozen yeah. solid. My muscles, your muscles are nowhere near as elastic. As you get older, your muscles get less and less elastic. This is why it's very important to do your stretches. Are you doing your stretches, David, every night, every morning? Of course. Yes, yeah, so it's very important to do your stretches. If you don't do your stretches, your muscles get demonstrably less elastic with each passing year until it reaches the point where, when they've been in the same position for a long time, they sort of seize up a bit, which means when you get up, you feel a degree of discomfort, which translates itself into an exhalation of breath or an expression or grimace of pain. Oh, God, I'll show you now, shall I? So I've been sitting down, I've been sitting down pretty much since 10 o'clock. I went for a, I went to the loo a couple of times, but, but I'll show you now. You ready? Yep. Ooh, like that, yeah? Is that what you mean? Okay. That's mm -hmm. it. It's pain. Pain and inelastic muscles. And your qualifications? I'm old, and I'm in pain. Okay, take the round of applause. Thank you very much. <laughs> 22 minutes after 12, Judith is in Chalfont St Giles. Judith, what would you like to say? A uh, question, please, James. Carry on. Why are professional golfers not allowed to wear shorts when they're playing in a tournament? Is that definitely true? Well, I think so, because when do you ever see them playing in shorts? No, well, that's not the same. I mean, when do you ever see politicians wearing shorts in Parliament? Doesn't mean they're not allowed to. Well, I watched a, an amateur tournament last night, and they all had shorts on, so why would the pros not wear them if they're out in a warm country? Well, we need, what we need is a qualifying question, don't we? We need a... Is it, are they all illegal? Are they not allowed to wear long trousers? And that you have... You have uniform guidelines in a lot of sporting events. I mean, Wimbledon, there's a, you have to have a preponderance of whiteness on your uniform, don't you? On your kit. You do. So why, would, I, it, why I, would it be a problematic rule if it does turn out to be a rule? Um, I'm not sure, because why couldn't Nike put their tick on some shorts for Rory? Oh, they put their tick on his long trousers. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, the why of it will probably be tradition, because golf, I mean, I think there's another vote today in another golf club on whether or not they're going to accept women members. Golf is quite a hidebound sport in a lot of ways. But I like that. Yeah, why aren't professional golfers... Aren't, why, why do professional golfers never wear shorts? And if the answer is because they're not allowed to, we want to know why. If the answer is because they don't want to and they are allowed to, we don't need to know why. 12.24 is the time. Thank you, Judith. What else is on the list? We've got the moles. We've got the signs on the side of your house. We've done that one. I like that. Abbas was very good, wasn't he? I, know, I was a little rude to him at the beginning because he said he had three answers. It always gets on my nerves a bit, that, because you get Caroline and Victoria speak to you, you tell them what you're coming on to do, and then you get on air and you try and do something else. But I, I owe Abbas an apology. It was a brilliant answer from the doctor. Uh, moles, irises, golfers. Chris is in Camden. Question or answer, Chris? Uh, question, please, mate. Go on. Um, so, you know when you eat food or drink sometimes it, you say it goes down the wrong hole and yes. you say oh you cough in and all the spluttering and that does it actually go down the wrong hole or is it just a turn of phrase how many holes have you got <laughs> well i know there's only one in the esophagus but so what when you swallow what is going on what is going on there why are you coughing and spluttering is it is, there's one route to your tummy and one route to your lungs i, I imagine am i sounding shaky yet because this is the worst area of qualification <laughs> for me but what i think happens is is that something that's supposed to be going to your tummy temporarily heads towards your windpipe and that's where you cough which sends it back in the right direction but you're spluttering because it's quite uncomfortable and unpleasant 
So yeah, the theoretically, it, it, it's flirted with the wrong hole, but if it went down the wrong hole, I imagine you'd be dead. Right, okay. You know, I've, it, uh, mate, there's yeah. no way you should accept this as a definitive answer. I'm not oh, sure. I'm I like your politeness. I could see the hesitance there. Really, you were trying to find... What's a polite way of saying on the radio? Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Get lost. I'm not having yeah, that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm just trying to be nice. What? <laughs> 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 I'm going to put Ray Liotta on you. I, uh, I, 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 what is the wrong hole? That's it. That's the question. What is, what's happening when you say it's gone down the wrong hole? I love that question. I really do. 12.26 is the time. Uh, Charlotte is in Bro- Bromley. Charlotte, hello. Question or answer? Um, it's a question. Hello. Uh, hang um, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute. I've already taken a, n- a call from this number today. No, that's my, sister, my twin sister, Isabel. So we've now got Isabel's twin sister, Charlotte, on Mystery Hour asking a question. Yeah. Do you have any idea how much trouble I am going to be in at home with my daughters when they find out that two sisters got onto Mistria and I have now banned them from ringing Mistria? You've got me into all sorts of trouble, Charlotte. Thanks a bunch. And Isabel, you can share out the blame on this one. <laughs> What's your question? Why do lions have cubs but cats have kittens? Ah, I actually know this. Because um, then they're all, they are all... Cats. Like cats. So why uh, do they have like cubs and kittens? Not all kittens or all cubs. No, I, the, 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 I think that there's only half an answer to this question, which is why are baby cats called kittens? And that is because of the French. That is, do you know what French for cat is? No. What? What are they teaching you in school these days? French French for cat is chat. La chat. Mm. Oui. Vous comprenez? <laughs> and the French for kitten is chitoun. C-H-I-T-O-U-N. And so we took those words and anglicised them. So chat became cat, chitoun became kitten, right? Mm. And that's yeah. because we kept them as pets. So we had that shared domestic experience with cats and we then adopted the French words for the language. Historically, cubs would probably have been the word you applied to animals that lived in the wild, like a fox. We talk about fox cubs. So when we came to encounter young big cats, we applied a, a, a terminology that's more commonly associated with wild animals, ergo cuts. I think baby rabbits are called kittens as well, you know. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird theory, to be honest. It's not a theory, you cheeky monkey. It's the truth. <laughs> it's, it comes from the French. Kitten comes from the French word <laughs> for a baby cat. And lions and tigers and, and, and big cats, we just called them cubs because they're wild. Can someone prove it? I just have. Well, you could get a dictionary, look up kitten in French. I don't speak French. You don't need to speak French, you can read, can't you? It's C-H-I-T-O-U-N. <laughs> That's it. I can't do any better than this. <laughs> Am I going to get a round I of applause? I don't believe you. You're not, you're not accepting my answer? I don't believe it. This is just the truth. What is happening to 12-year-olds these days? <laughs> It's the truth. The French word for kitten is chitoun. <laughs> oh, well, if you don't accept my answer, I shall have to put it on the board, Charlotte. I have to say, dealing, dealing with Isabel was a lot easier than this. I don't believe... I don't um, think you should have a round of applause. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, outrageous. Isabel, dealing with Isabel was very, very straightforward. You're, you're quite tricky. I, I can't believe my ears. You come on my programme, you ask a question, you get a brilliant answer, and you just throw it back in my face, Charlotte. <laughs> All right, then. Consider it thrown. We'll leave it on the board. Why are baby cats called kittens, but baby lions are called cubs? That is uh, Charlotte, who is Isabel's twin.
asking the question on Mystery Hour with me, James O'Brien on LBC. The time is approaching half past 12. Charlotte, thank you very much. Give my best to Isabel. Uh, perhaps she could give you some lessons on how to sound like a satisfied customer on Mystery Hour. Questions that still need answers include the golfers in the shorts, the moles and the irises, and the wrong hole, of course. There's a little bit of anatomical coverage there. And now the cats, the kittens and the cubs. Time is approaching half past 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Up next is Rupert Bartia with the headlines. Jeremy Corbyn has criticised campaigners who want Britain to... LBC. 12.32, some are controversy caused by my pronunciation of those French words. That I'm not going to say them again. But the, uh, the word for... The, the French I'm employing here when telling you what the French word for kitten is, is, is from the 15th or 16th century. Obviously, the 20th century version is, is, is uh, C-H-A-T-O-N, but I'm pretty sure you go back far enough. C-H-I-T-O-U-N is the French... Oh, forget it. I'm on thin enough ice as it is. Charlie's in Maidenhead. Quick, change the subject, Charlie. Question or answer? Uh, Answer, James, if you're still looking for something for the street names on houses. Yes. Well, who does the sign belong to? Right, Okay. I'm not 100% sure on this because it can be different in certain circumstances, but you've got a type of legal right in land law, which is called an easement, uh, where basically it gives someone the right to do something over your land or vice versa. They're common in all sorts of situations. But in this circumstance, um, it could be that the local council uh, has an easement dating back many, many years, uh, which means that the sign belongs to them, but they have a right to display it on your property. Another interesting example of them is on my parents' house. There's actually written into their title deeds uh, the fact that someone has the ability to drive mine carts across their land. Luckily, there isn't a quarry next to them anymore, but technically it could still happen. Is that right? And that's an easement as well, is it? Uh, it is. They're, they're, they don't come up all the time, but they're, they're quite common. For instance, if you've ever lived in like a block of flats, yes, of uh, you're allowed to use the common parts that belong to the landlord and you don't own. And the reason why you can't be sued for trespass is because you have an easement right to, to use that land. When do you qualify as a solicitor, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> well, fully in about two years. <laughs> so you're doing your articles at the moment, are you? Uh, or that, still, that, at, still at college. Exactly, yes. And I, I'm, I'm currently just about to sit a, a property exam. So Look, I'll tell you what, if this, if this comes up, give us a call back, yeah? Because I'd be delighted uh, if this had actually somehow focused your revision on your property exam. I think, because a couple of other people have been in touch, but, but, but don't really take tweets during Mystery Hour, the 1939 London Buildings Act would be the legislation in the context of the capital that you'd be referring to, but other councils would have their own versions. The, the, the unifying term will be that word, easement. So the sign belongs exactly. to the council, and there's not a great deal you can do about having it on the side of your house. It's very, very complicated to start removing that, yeah, because a lot of them date back hundreds of years. Round of applause for Charlie. And good luck in the exams, mate. Thank you very much, sir. Cheers. 12.34 is the time. Roy's in West Wickham. Roy, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Oh, uh, carry on, Roy. The wrong hole. Oh, yes. The wrong hole, yeah. Um, through experience, I've found this out. There is actually two holes down in your throat. One, as you said earlier, one going to your lungs and one going to your food passage. Um, mine was eating uh, some salad and bizarrely a spring onion got stuck in the side of my throat, hovering over both the holes, which kept making me cough all the time. Uh, and it's, uh, it's basically a reaction that if anything foreign is there other than air going in, you will start coughing and that to disperse it. That's the gag reflex, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. It is kind of that, yeah. Um, what, 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 how did you get a spring onion stuck in your mouth? <laughs> Trying to eat me food. No, but what, did, what was it stuck to? What are your teeth like? I mean, I don't... I don't under- no, no, no. I mean, you, you know, you don't always chew everything perhaps as much as you should. 
and a spring onion. When if you if you peel the spring onion, it can be very sticky, and it's stuck to the side of the throat. So, so it's like it's kind of you like it, like a furball yeah, with a cat, yeah, a cat with a furball. Was, uh, it was horrible. It was very painful as well. Oh, it sounds it, horrible. Uh, so, so what yeah. did you do? Who? How did you get cured? How did you get it out? I had to go in the hospital. They was going to do an operation. I said, "You're joking me." I said, "Just put forceps down my throat and get it out." Oh, and, big uh, man. They said, "No, no, you'll gag, you'll gag." And I went, "Well, I don't care if I gag. I don't want an operation." Um, but anyway, in the end, they gave me something to eat—a sandwich. And that dislodged it in the end, so, yeah, so it was uh, quite bizarre thing. So I chew my food very properly now. <laughs> so when you say it got stuck in your mouth, it literally got stuck in your gullet, or what, what, what we both would think of as your gullet, stuck in your sort of crawl. Yeah, stuck at the side. On oh, the, that's on the fantastic. So, so, so that's what it is when we say it's gone down the wrong hole. We're doing what, what happened to you, but we've managed to dislodge it with the gag reflex, with the cough, with the splutter. So it is yeah, the wrong hole. It yeah. is heading down your windpipe yeah. instead of heading down your alimentary canal. Absolutely. And my mum's my got dementia, sadly. Uh, and that's something that happens with people when they've got that, is the swallowing re- uh, oh, reflex really? stops working. Oh, and then you get septis. Uh, so you get poisoned by whatever you're swallowing down the wrong hole, basically. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what, the qualifications are a lot more impressive than what I was expecting when this question got <laughs> asked. Round of applause for Roy. You, mate, you stick, stay away from those spring onions, Roy, all right? Yeah, chew your food properly. Chew your food, folks. <laughs> Ricardo's in Feltham. Ricardo, question or answer? I had an answer to the, um, the one your chappy just answered. Oh. The, um, the holes and stuff. God, God, well, what are you going to do? Add to his answer? Because I'm not taking away his round of applause. No, he suffered. No, he ended up in hospital. I mean, I'm going for the hat-trick, so I'm going to give it all in, but hopefully he gets to keep his as well. Go on, then. OK, then, so you've got um, your windpipe, which is called your esophagus. Uh, and the top of the esophagus has a little flappy bit of skin called the epiglottis, and the epiglottis stops food going into your windpipe because you rightly said, yes. if food goes down there, you will die. Get, you get your lungs get poisoned and you die. Um, and so you, food actually can't go down there. And this is where, when the guy was saying about the gag reflex, or oh, you said that, sorry, um, I believe yeah, food is going to go down there. You start coughing and sputtering because it's extremely dangerous. So all you've done really is add the word epiglottis to Roy's analysis. I do, and I like long words as well. My sesquipedalian tendencies are well documented, but I don't know if this is enough for a round of applause. Okay. Uh, Because you haven't, I mean, it is the wrong hole. Uh, What is it, you know, have you ever seen anyone chug a pint in four seconds flat, Ricardo? Yes. What's that about? That's slightly different, because obviously it's not to do with the windpipe. That's just people can open their gullet. So it means you haven't got to swallow, yeah. and that is suppressing the gag reflex. If you can open your gullet, you don't need to swallow, so you can literally pour something into you, straight into your tummy. I, I, I think that may have done enough. I'm going to give you two-thirds of a round of applause, oh. so it's still not your full hat-trick. God damn. All right, I'll take it. Okay. We need to uh, thank you, thank Ricardo. You no, take care, mate. Good girl. You should be proud. Most people dream of having two and two-thirds rounds of applause. The Leota quote is bigger than a round of applause, isn't it? I think. What do we think, historically? You get a, you get a genuine bespoke Ray Liotta, if you build it, they will come. That's even bigger than a mystery round of applause. I think it is. I'm going to be much more sparing with that. I'm going to give myself lots, but I'm not going to give you money. Tyson is, uh, Tyron, I beg your pardon, is in Kensington. Tyron, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Yeah. Yeah, on behalf of my son, he wanted to know why super glue doesn't stick to the inside of the container, the bottle. It's a good question. How old is your son? He's 12. So and he's 12, 12 year old. I had absolutely 
no answer, and I just kind of felt stupid. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel stupid. I will now probably make myself sound stupid by trying to drag this answer from my memory banks. But it's all to do with the air and the oxygen. It doesn't become sticky until it until it reaches air. Okay. So there's a chemical reaction that occurs when it comes into contact with air that makes it really sticky. And so as long as it's in the tube, it's not in contact with air. Uh, air, sound like the late Silla Black. It's not sticky. Okay, so the best way of explaining that to a 12-year-old would be... Well, he knows what a chemical reaction is, right? Yeah, yes. So let's think of something else that really changes when it's exposed to air. Well, that's quite hard to do, actually. Hmm. So, it, when when, so, when there's a chemical in the glue, when it become when it gets mixed with oxygen or hydrogen or nitrogen, I don't know what, frankly, but it gets mixed with air, the chemical changes and becomes very sticky. You don't sound as if you're very happy with this answer. No, no, actually, I, I I'll have to be honest. As much as I don't want to admit it. You sound like you're on a bit of a roll this week, James. Oh, you're very kind. And, and uh, this one, I think, is a memory banks one. So as soon as the, the uh, glue mixes with oxygen, chemical reaction, and it becomes active. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that, James. I'm taking that round of applause. Are we getting Stuart's inquiries already on this? Or am I going to go... I'm going over the wire with it, Tyron. What's your little boy's name? Shay. Shay. Give Shay yeah. a shout from me, all right? But I'm having the round of applause. Good man. Twelve forty-one is the time. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. Jack's in Watford. Jack, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Carry on. Um, it's for your golf question. Well, yes. First of all, is it true? It is entirely true. Yes. Professional golfers are not allowed to wear shorts on the course. Well, on the course. Until recently, it was. It's, it's a long-standing traditional rule. They say it doesn't look professional enough to do so, but yeah. the European Tour changed it oh. this year, end of last year, uh, to allow shorts in practice rounds and uh, pro-am tournaments. And, and it is just tradition? It is just tradition. There's no more than that. Qualifications? Uh, enthusiastic and struggling golfer for like many, many years. Yeah, I like it a lot. And do you own any really garish trousers? Uh, I'm known for it. I've got every luminescent colour you can absolutely imagine. Good of. man. I think that's important. And I don't play golf. Well. I'm with Oscar Wilde on golf. He said it was a, it was a good walk spoiled. But if I was a golfer... I, I'd be tending to agree with him at this moment in time. <laughs> um, do we know why they wear such garish trousers? Is it, is it to minimise the chance of getting hit by another player? Uh, I would I would say it's whatever they're told to by their sponsors if they choose to. Play. No, that's the famous the famous ones. But you, I mean, why did it become a thing to have these really fancy trousers? I bet it's the opposite of camouflage. It's to make you stand out on the course. Yeah, well, it's easier to spot me in the trees then, isn't it? <laughs> a round of applause for Jack, please. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Claude's in Chiswick. Claude, question or answer? Yes, uh, none. It's uh, uh, to, just to correct you, if I may. Uh, the word kittens for in French oui. is perchito. I've never heard of it. No. It's chaton, C H T O N. Uh, I'm French, I think I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay, but but Sorry? I think no. D'accord, d'accord. C H A T O N. But that's where we get the English word kitten from. Well, I don't know. No, but it is. Well, okay, but I've never heard. I'm French, as I said. I've heard "shitu." I, I, she do, she do is, I think, the 16th century word for a kitten. 
Ah, maybe, maybe. I, I think, I think, because I, 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 right. I, I my, my French is medieval, Claude. You see. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give I'm you a round of. I'm going to give you a round of applause, but I'm not giving mine back. No, okay, but I apologise if I'm wrong. Okay, no, no, I'm you're sorry. not wrong. I, I, I've got a fi- I don't know where I dragged that from. I'm going to have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's medieval French. This is so unfortunate. Claude, great work. Thank you. 12.44 is the time. Uh, Eleni is in Rotherhithe. Uh, Eleni, question or answer? It's an answer, please, James. Carry on. Uh, it's the question of why um, old people uh, make that sound when they sit down or stand up. I thought I'd I answered answer that. Was, I've answered that already. I, think it was inco- I thought it was incomplete because uh, I don't think it's pain. I think it's effort. And your answer doesn't explain why they grunt while they, when they sit it down. It does. It's because your muscles are less elastic, so it takes more effort to move them. Therefore, you grunt. Okay, if you will allow me, I just wanted to be a little bit more precise. Yeah, I believe right. it's because because the glutes in particular atrophy over time, especially for people who lead um, a sedentary lifestyle, and because the gluteus maximum is what, maximus is one of the largest muscles in the body, and if you don't train them properly, then over time they weaken significantly. Yes. And this is the muscle that mainly helps you sit down and stand up. But you're chair. just doing with and the gluteus maximus what Ricardo did with the epiglottis. You're effectively adding to an already correct answer. Well, I just said your muscles become less elastic, which is the same thing as atrophying. Well, it's not. Yes, it is. Because it's not elasticity. It's strength, not elasticity. And also, it's not pain. It's effort. You need to exhale. When normally you exhale abruptly, you engage your abdominals a bit more, and that helps you um, uh, make the movement smoother and more effective. How, can, I, can, can I ask you a very ungallant question? Okay. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 37. Yeah, well, I'm 44 and it's pain, lady. <laughs> Listen, I'm 37 and I'm carrying around a 13 kilo baby, so it's pain for me as well. Yeah, but, exactly, um, not effort. It's, it's, it's both. I'm going to give you a, I'll give you a round of applause as well. This is getting ridiculous. Stop letting people on to disagree with me. That's what happens the other 14 okay. hours of the week. Mystery is supposed to be all about me. Eleni, great work. Well played. Qualifications? I'm a Pilates teacher. Pilates teacher. Yeah. So big on glutes. Yes, and it's also my first time of calling ABC after listening for nine years. So you're, give me a round of applause. You're, no, you're you're very welcome. If I spoke Greek to you now, would that be inappropriate? Have I mis misread your accent? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm Greek. Ευχαριστώ Καλό ταξίδι. Παρακαλώ, James. Thank you. Twelve forty-six. From the LBC Travel Centre. Good afternoon. I'm. 12.49 is the time. Mystery Hour is underway, and uh, there's not a lot left. The moles question I thought we'd have nailed. We haven't. There's probably going to be a few people criticising the answers I've given. I may choose to ignore them in a deeply aloof fashion. But I still need a definitive answer on the on the changing colours of people's irises as they age. Um, Amel is in Wembley. Amel, question or answer? Um, I have a question. Carrie, how old are you? Uh, I'm 12. Did you not hear me tell the last 12-year-old that I was going to get into trouble with my own children for letting 12-year-olds on to Mystery Hour? Oh, sorry. I'm going to get into even more trouble now. It's all your fault. What's your question? Um, well, my question is, you know how people say that's the best thing since sliced bread? Yes. Well, what did they say before that was invented? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're going to get... Are we going to get an answer to that? Do you think? I mean, no one one will be old enough to remember. The best thing since sliced bread... Before sliced bread was... Okay, I shall do my best, Amel, but I don't know that anyone would know the answer to that. Okay, Uh, well, 
thanks for trying anyway. Oh, that's very kind of you. Have you got any theories yourself? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't even know why we'd say the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, it's, 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 I appreciate it's a little bit inconvenient having to slice your own bread, but it's not exactly the end of the world. <laughs> okay, we'll do our best, but I, I don't, don't, don't hold it against me if we fail. 12.51 is the time. Murray is in Ealing. Question or answer, Murray? I have an answer, James. Carry on. It is the kittens and cubs question. Uh, I think you'll find that I've, uh, I've, I've gone definitive on that. Oh, have you? Yeah, I think. I'm sure about that. Well, I, I pardon moi, but my medieval French was pretty much yeah. the answer to the question. Yes, I think your your French mate called you out on that. Though, yeah, but he? he didn't speak medieval French. He only spoke le français moderne. <laughs> I don't think he was that old. Carry on. What have you got? Um, basically, cats have kittens because they are feline genus, and lions have cubs because they are panthera genus. So it's a species. It's a taxonomy species. issue. Exactly. Qualifications? I think I heard it on QI or possibly Mystery Hour. It wasn't Mystery Hour, though. Sure. You wouldn't have remembered no. the fancy words if it was on Mystery Hour because I'd, I'd, I'd yeah, be all over possibly. them like a rash. I, uh, yeah. So the question is, they're all cats, so why aren't they all called kittens or all called cubs? And the answer is, well, they might all be cats, but you need to break down these distinctions more and they're actually different species. Exactly right. Round of applause for Murray. Thank you, Jay. No, thank you, Murray. Nicely done. Uh, 12.52 is the time. 03456060973 is the number you need. Uh, sli- best things since sliced bread and the, we've done the wrong hole, the moles and the irises. Is there anything else? I, 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 I can't read my own writing here. I seem to have written down a cross between the word cab and the word cake. Anybody know what that might have referred to? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? Nope. Uh... Oh, Professor... Oh. See, what happened there, Professor Hal, is I saw it was your name on the switchboard and I had a little upswelling of warmth and emotion, affection even. And then I saw why you were ringing in and it all disappeared again. What can I do for you today? I'm sorry, it's more a case of what I can do for you today. Oh, he's good. Super glue. Yeah. Um, you, were, you were half right, <sighs> maybe two-thirds right. Oh. You floundered around trying to find some constituent of air which would cause... Cyanoacrylate to turn into polycyanoacrylate. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah. 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 And you, you chose everything but the right answer, which is water. The minute amounts of water uh, in, in the air. air and on the things you're trying to glue allow that polymerization reaction to take place. Yeah. Which also explains why, as the tube gets more and more empty, you're more and more likely to have to have the last bit getting hard by itself. So it's it's actually water. That's what um, catalyzes the reaction. What's that word? Because I think um, I, the, the Tyrone can use that word to impress his 12-year-old boy, to impress Shay. What's that word again? The constituent is cyanoacrylate, which turns into polycyanoacrylate. Yep. And it's effectively a condensation reaction. And now what was the word you used, like catalyzes? Cat- cat- catalyzes. Catalyzes. Yeah, water catalyzes a reaction. And is that just like a catalyst? So it's not actually changing the chemical composition of it, it's just speeding up the hardening process? Well, actually, it gets involved in it, so it's, it's semi-incorrect. But it's, so it's not actually catalyzing, then, is it, Hal? Well, actually, it is a little bit. No, actually, it's not, though, because a catalyst remains inert during the process. Yes, actually, let's, let's call it a reagent. No, no, let's just be absolutely clear about this, <laughs> Professor Hal. It's not catalyzing anything, is it, mate? I'm delighted to be correct on this occasion, so... So it's actually about what I can do for you. 
Um, but what I can do for you is tell you that other glues, like Araldite, they avoid the whole problem by having two different reagents and two different tubes to mix them in some Yes, no, you're right, I've yeah. seen that. So, so water plays the... I love it. I mean, you get a round of applause anyway, because you're such a top bloke. But I, I, you know, I, I don't know who was out smugging who on that one. 12.55 is the time. Sean is in Bishop Stortford. Sean, question or What are the cues like in Bishop Stortford today, Sean? <laughs> well, I just say, um, I'm not actually in Bishop Stortford today. I'm actually in Hartford. Okay. Question or answer? Anyway, a baby rabbit. Baby leverage, by the way. That's a hair. <laughs> but my, but no, it's not. It's, it's watered down. Anyway, I've got a girl. I've got a girlfriend. Yes, yeah, of course, I've got a girlfriend. But my question is from my girlfriend, who's banned from calling me during Mystery Hour. Quite right. Can too. you do? Can you do a wheelie on a tandem with two people? Obviously, tandem two people. Is that a Mystery Hour? Isn't that just something for, for the weekend? Oh. Is it just something to try? Is it, is it, is it a mystery? I mean, can, can you do a wheelie? I wouldn't have thought can, you can could. Can you put a wheelie on the tandem? No. Well, this is it. This mine. No, you can't. Why? Because, unless you're Mr. Tickle, you'd have to pull up the... the, the <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be pedalling at the back for ballast, but pulling up the uh, mm. handlebars at the front for leverage, and that's a physical impossibility unless you're Mr. Tickle. So it can correct itself. It, you just wouldn't be strong enough. It'd be physically impossible to a reach and b lift. You can't do a. You, well, I mean, you could if you. Well, what do you mean by a wheelie? Do you mean like what I used to do on my grifter when I could just cycle around for hours on one wheel, or do you mean a very exactly. brief removal of the front wheel from the floor? <laughs> exactly, proper removal from the front wheel from the floor for a period of distance. No. Right. Okay. Qualifications? I, I don't have any qualifications, and I've had a lot of rounds of applause okay. today, so I, I don't know if I'm allowed. I'll leave it up there. We've got two more minutes, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Can you do a wheelie on a tandem? Claire's in Islington. Claire, question or answer? Claire! Oh, no. What, what, what's she done? Sat on a phone or something? Can we all right, give Claire another chance in a minute? Can we, got, can we get something else up? What else needs answering? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. The irises and the moles. That word I couldn't read. And the best thing since sliced bread. Should we give Claire another go? Claire, are you there or not? Because this is going to be your last chance. Claire, what are you doing? Claire? I'm here. What, what, what are you doing? Hi, hi. I'm just waiting. I was just waiting. Okay. We spent five minutes trying to talk to you. Sorry about that. The show's ended. I'm into Sheila Fogarty's programme now. This is getting embarrassing. I'm oh, sorry. That's all right. Well, question or answer? Um, answer. Yeah? Um, so somebody said, what What did they used to say before the sliced bread thing? Well, the answer is, best thing since the wheel. Do you think so? Well, yeah, it came to mind straight away, so I would say so, yeah. So up until about the 1930s, we'd have said that's the best thing since the wheel? I mean, I think so. I'm, I don't know about tapes and how correct it is, but it just came to mind, so... I, 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 it's an, I, yeah, I, I'm sounding a bit ungrateful, aren't I? It's probably... Um, I, I, it's, <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. You're, you have every right to question my answer. I, I don't like yeah. your answer. Well, you don't... Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. I, I, I like you, you're lovely. I don't like your answer. You can't, there's no way people were wandering around in the 1920s and they'd see a new car or something and they'd go, wow, that's a, not a car, that's a bad example. They'd see something like, a, I don't know, a really cool new play and they'd say, wow, that's the best thing since the wheel. I just don't buy it. I don't think I do. Joe's in King's Cross. Joe, 20 seconds. Make it count. Yeah, sure. It's the sliced bread thing is from the Wonderloaf Bread Company. Um, it's part of their advertising campaign. The best thing since sliced bread? Yeah, it's part of Wonderloaf's advertising campaign. 
what, what were they? They were selling bread. It's the best thing since sliced bread. But were they selling yeah, unsliced yeah. bread? Before that, yeah, prior to that, then sliced bread come in, and it's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm not giving you a round of applause either. I'm going to end on that controversial note. That's it from me for another week. We'll be back tomorrow morning from 10. I mean, mystery hour's over for a week. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC. Here's Sheila Fogarty. Thank you, James. Uh, from three, good intentions and not enough children with special needs.